Good morning, Supers. Welcome to this Entrepreneurs for November 1st, 2021. It's good to have you here. Uh, all the people watching live in the uh, in the chat room over on joinentre.com. Apparently, it's our launch day today, so ding, ding for that. That's great to hear. Uh, and I am excited. We have a bunch of uh, probably more news stories uh, than I probably should be doing in one entrepreneurs, but we'll uh, we're gonna go through them and uh, go over and see what uh, what's been going on the last couple of days. Obviously, I wasn't here Friday. Uh, I just ran out of time. Um, and I think going forward, I might change up my release schedule. I haven't. I, I, it's probably going to be on Tuesdays, maybe Wednesdays and Thursdays. It probably won't be Mondays and Fridays going forward, uh, but it might just end up being Tuesdays and Thursdays because I release other content on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So uh, we we will we'll we'll see. Uh, I, I think I'll make a decision before the end of tomorrow. Anyway, let's get to the first news story of the well the, over the weekend here. I hope everybody had a hap- happy Halloween as well. Evergrande pays overdue interest and again dodges default. So they uh, were able to back on Thursday. I think this was Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday at eight p.m. Eastern. I assume that's Eastern. Uh, they were able to get their um, payment done. Certain uh, holders of the nine point five percent dollar note may, uh, maturing in 2024 received notification that they have been paid on Thursday according to people with knowledge of the situation who asked not to be identified discussing private payments Evergrande skipped an interest payment due on September 29th and starting the clock on their 30-day grace period before investors could declare a default it's the second time this month that the debt stricken uh, property developer avoided default. The latest payment uh, to international bondholders comes amid a sell-off in Chinese junk bonds that was paced on Thursday from the Kaiza Group Holdings LTD, one of the property sector's largest issuers of dollar debt. So it's good to see that they were able to stave off uh, the default. Uh, I tried to see if there was any information from over the weekend. I couldn't find uh, I didn't find any uh, major stories other than uh, there was one. I don't know if I have it here uh, listed. I think I actually passed on it, but um, that other companies are still still struggling in the wake of all the shortages and supply and labor and everything else that that's uh, that's going on. So. We will have to uh, keep an eye on it and see what happens going forward. Let's see. Consumer spend uh, consumer spending rose in September despite higher prices. Supply chain constraints uh, mean the shortage for, of cars and other uh, and other and other goods are pushing up prices. Uh, consumer spending was solid in September. Uh, even amid, as inflation remained hot amid shortage of cars and other goods in the face of the global supply constraints. The Commerce uh, Department said on Friday that consumer spending, which uh, accounts for more than two-thirds of the U.S. economic activity, rose 0.6% last month 
data for August was revised higher to show spending rebounding 1% instead of 0.8% as previously reported. Economists polled by, uh, by Reuters had, forca- uh, had forecast consumer spending increasing 0.5%, a resurgence in the illness cases over summer driven by the Delta variant uh, worsened worker shortages at <laughs> factories, mines, and ports, further stressing uh, supply chain issues uh, outside the shutdown in spring 2020, which uh, severely depressed output. The third quarter was the worst period for motor vehicle production since early 2009 because of the global shortage of semiconductors. Auto inventories have been run down and some shelves are bare curbing spending and boosting prices. Price pressures remain strong in September, reducing consumers buying power uh so yeah there's uh just a continued um you know continue it, it well it, it's so in the chat some sean says uh well that's that's great news i don't know if he was re- referring to the uh spending increasing I, I, the, the spending increasing is good the 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 problem is is uh it, it does kind of tip the power of uh of of the supply and demand, right? So if people are, you know, if people are willing to pay higher prices to get the goods and things that they want, then that include that will effectively enable inflation to, to continue to, to rise though. Um, though obviously this doesn't seem like it is, you know, leaps and bounds like, Oh, it's up, you know, some 10% or 20% or anything like that. But uh, it just shows that there's still strong demand for people to buy things, even though, Prices um continue to rise. Delta mutation is no reason to panic. Now this was back on Friday morning, uh, one fifty eight a.m. Uh, but co- uh, the illness vaccination remains crucial. Uh, the the key points: the subvariant, uh, which is thought to have emerged in the UK over the summer, has two additional mutations affecting its spike protein, uh, part of the virus's uh, structure used to infiltrate cells. Uh, questions are still hanging over exactly how or if these mutations will affect how quickly it spreads in the last 28 days a y42 uh has accounted for around 10 percent of new co uh 19 illness cases according to data from health consortium uh, cog uk um so that's that's good to hear because i i really feel strongly that if we can get through without one more variant um you know really taking hold in the world uh i th- i think that we uh could start to really make some headway and beat uh you know really beat things start to beat things back as far as like you know people getting sick people ending up in the hospital people um you know inflation and people being able to return to work stay at work give more certainty to the markets and have all these companies that have been more or less waiting in the wings with um you know as they call them uh was uh illness illness stocks if you will uh like the um Dave and Buster's and the and the, the cruise lines and and all these like different hotel chains and things and start to really uh, be able to give them a, a fighting chance to get back 
the 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 money that they've just been uh, losing left and right. Uh, farm equipment is scarce and pricey. John Deere strike has farmers worried. Um, let's see. Farmers worried. Farmers uh, say they sympathize with the desire for better wages, but the face of equipment and part shortages, a long strike could affect the soup, uh, food supply chain and their bottom lines. Now, we've talked about this in the past on the um, on the entrepreneurs about how you know, in my opinion, strikes aren't necessarily the, the end of the world uh, as long as we can get, you know, get through them within uh, a certain period of time. And my period of time generally would be 30 to 45 days would be 45 days being like the max um, because of all the other situation that we have going on. Uh, it does create a bit of a problem. Now, in this case, in this story, I just wanted to highlight uh, Joel Everett said he was astounded when a lightly used 2009 John Deere tractor sold at his auction in Strawberry Point, Iowa, for tens of thousands of dollars more than it had cost fresh off the production line more than a decade ago. Bought new for $109,000, the tractor sold for $143,000. Ding, ding. Crazy. Uh, it's not an isolated incident," said Everett, who runs uh, Joel's Joel's tractor and auction since 1992. A lot of farmer equipment, uh, particularly used tractors, is selling for 30 to 50 percent more than it was two years ago at his auction house. It's been unreal. Our last sale was the biggest dollar sale we ever had, and we're fixing to have another in three to four weeks. That's going to blow that one away. Um, so yeah. Uh, they, this, this, uh, probably they will probably, if, if the strike continues, uh, and really dampens the supply chain, uh, even further, uh, we will run into problems, you know, with, with, as equipment breaks down, they're not able to get parts. They're not able to get new tractors. They're not able to get people, uh, you know, the, the, the equipment that they need, things are going to you know, potentially get worse. So like, I, I I sympathize uh, with with all and empathize with all of the the strikers from Oct- uh, Striketober, but uh, as I've said, uh, we we need these corporations, especially uh, especially John Deere, who faced record profit. I don't know if they have the record profits listed here, but I think it was like six billion or just shy of six billion dollars uh which was record profits for them this year uh to to get on the ball and and get get a deal you know get a deal done um doesn't have to be at any cost but you know they need to they need to get people back to work and not be uh collectively all part of the problem uh they need to all collectively be part of the solution at least that's what i'm hoping for uh let's see one of our one of our customers here uh let me blow this up a little bit ltl trucker saya hammers down on growth uh saya delivers a truckload of growth so uh they desire is a trucking company they ltl is uh, less than truckload um, and they uh, opened up a new terminal in Virginia. The move was met with some criticism, although demand within the industry is high and warrants such a move. Ultra tight uh, labor 
conditions suggest that it might be a bigger bite than the company can chew. Well, uh, let's see. Well, we're here to tell you the decision was not only a good one, but led to the second quarter uh, of record results. And the company has opened two more terminals in the time since. In fact, Saya is planning to open as many as 15 new terminals this fiscal year. And, uh, and it is a move we wholeheartedly support. So I'm, uh, like I said, they are, are one of our customers at, our, um, at part of Fleet Solutions, our, our truck repair company, as well as parts. And uh, you can ch- ch- go check that out at partos.net uh, to learn more about that company. But, yeah, I, I think it, it, it really goes in the face of conventional wisdom that people like to think that they have, right? So when people are scared, that's when you buy, right? When, when things are at their worst, uh, you you try to buy you you try to buy in. I'm willing to bet that Saya went and got good deals uh, to be able to roll out these terminals. And if they're able to continue, I mean, they're one of the largest uh, in the country uh, when it comes to LTL trucking. So if they're able to have, you know, if they're able to get the, the drivers that they need and the employees that they need, then they absolutely. Uh, are taking advantage of a of a bad situation, which hey, uh, not a big fan, but I think it was Henry Kissinger always said like never let a good uh, disaster go to waste. And in this case, this is an opportunity for growth uh, for for Saya, and that's what I you know what we as entrepreneurs need to be looking at all the time. Like where where is the opportunity for us to jump in? You know, maybe it's a little risky, but if you can kind of mute some of that risk. Uh, you know, as you, um, as you know, as things are moving forward, uh, by say having less lease on a building or, uh, having some, some kind of potential, at least somewhat of a guarantee, uh, by getting, you know, business from somebody. And as long as they hold, you know, and maybe not just one person, but, uh, dividing it up so that you're not, um, hampered if that one customer it's like oh well 90 percent of the you know this terminal is going to be uh fulfilled by this one customer well they that customer starts to go down unless that customer is amazon uh and that customer starts to go downhill uh and they start to like not ship with you then it can turn into a big thing i mean in the trucking industry i mean there's all like if there's just a rumor that you're going at, you know as, as a trucking company are going out of business uh people will pull their freight out like that and uh, you are going to be in trouble uh, as as the trucking company because the, you're just nobody's going to want to ship with you because they're afraid that you, their stuff's going to end up on docks uh, and locked behind locked doors. And especially you know if you're um, looking at potentially going completely under, not a good not a good look. Uh, Sean says never thought tractors would become appreciating assets might have to jump into the tractor industry. Yeah, it's not something that most people would think, but when things aren't available, then it becomes a uh, you know any literally anything can become an appreciating asset if there isn't enough uh, to meet demand. Soaring US business starts in pandemic show new normal evolving. Uh, so uh, the illness sh- shuttered large, uh, large parts of the economy back in 2020 and may have driven hundreds of thousands of businesses into failure. But for entrepreneurs in North Carolina, it triggered a wave of activity. Healthcare chief executive uh, Dana 
uh, Allison quit one startup to begin another. Restaurateur uh, Eric Sheffer leveraged demand for outdoor dining into a new oyster restaurant with ample patio space. Hotel owner, and I'm going to probably butcher your name, uh, Himanshu uh, Car- Carver Kavir, uh, pushed ahead with the new Weston Element Banking in Asheville's uh, appeal as a smaller town with an outdoor culture. Axie Blunden uh, pivoted his cannabis firm to add hand sanitizer under a separate brand. When the pandemic, uh, when the illness hit, happened, the world kind of stopped. That does not mean our minds stopped. Lincoln Walters, the family life doctor at a local church, said in explaining why amidst a global shutdown, he committed $75,000 to convert a former stove shop in nearby Black Mountain to a consignment space for local gear manufacturers. Uh, centered around an open air coffee and beer garden. So these are, I mean, I'm going to link this down uh, below in the description, but it's just so awesome to see, you know, stories of people getting, um, you know, getting creative with what's, you know, what's available to you. And I think that's why we um, sometimes as, as uh, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, we, we get so, caught up in the hustle, 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 everything's got to go, 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 that we don't take a step back. And sometimes, you know, and and take a step back doesn't mean we have to marinate on something for, uh, you know, weeks or months or years. And and in some cases, look, I I do that myself. I take a step back and reevaluate and look. But I, I think that it's important to to be able to take a step back. And maybe it's like as small, as little as like, you know, going for a walk, a run, uh, a car drive, uh, heck, the shower, you know, has been uh, many of a brilliant ideas that have come from from showers. Uh, and, and just take that step back and like really see how all the pieces fit. See what takes stock in what you have available to you. Take stock in what's going on. And yeah, things are might be moving at a faster pace um, in an uncertain pace that we just don't know about, especially like as we were at the beginning of the illness, uh, that was, a that was the case. It was really tough, uh, for people to really know like what was going to be okay. Where was that going to be okay to do this or do that? Um, what could we do that enables people to, to stay safe? Uh, and how do we get it so that we're not completely out of business and, and, you know, shuttering everything. And again, just to reiterate what, was said just because you're you know just because the business has to come to a, a halt doesn't necessarily mean that the um that the that your mind will right and that your ideas won't and maybe something that you wrote down you know i don't know if you do it but i do it you know journaling writing notes i used to use evernote a lot i use some other uh methods now but uh writing all these ideas and it's like you know maybe this is a great idea it's just not the great idea for today and maybe it's time you know it may be wherever you are in your business where you're at in the life cycle of it it maybe it's time to go and you know pull up those old ideas and see how could i tweak this idea and make it work for today or maybe it'll just work right out of the box maybe i already had the foresight to notice i just didn't know because i wasn't presented with the opportunity or the um the resources to be able to implement it the way that i wanted to implement it back then is uh something just something to think about going forward so i, I wanted to make sure i uh, brought this this story up. 
Let's see. Uh, oh, saying that my my volume is quite low. Uh, shouldn't be. I I'm. I mean, I'm looking at the recording too. That doesn't seem. It's it's definitely recording just fine. Um, I don't know if you can turn up your. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I ding ding. I appreciate everybody uh, jumping in there in the chat. So we're gonna go to uh, Hertz's Tesla order might increase to two hundred thousand due to Uber deal. The current order is for a hundred thousand cars, including fifty thousand for Uber. Uh, the recent order of two hundred thousand. Uh, it was just the beginning of something even bigger. According to a recent interview with Hertz interim CEO, Mark Fields, uh, noted that the partnership with Uber is successful, or yeah, if the partnership with Uber is successful, the company might provide up to, uh, or oh, where are we at? Uh, I lost it. Successful might provide up to 150,000 Teslas over the next three years by the end of 2024. Uber CEO, Dara, Oh, God, I'm not going to be. Yeah, the Uber CEO uh, says that they are confident that they are uh, that there is demand for the initial 50,000 Teslas for Uber drivers. And Tesla Model 3 is available for Uber drivers in the U.S. for three hundred and thirty four dollars per week, uh, including insurance and maintenance. But that there is a fee plus taxes that go on that three hundred and thirty four dollars. We talked about this uh, last week here on the Entrepreneurs and. I, you know, when I think when I when I was doing the math, I came up with like just shy of four hundred dollars by the time you pay taxes and fees, depending on what the taxes are and and whatever their fee ends up being. But I I tend to think it's probably going to be about four hundred bucks a week, which means you got to do quite a bit of Uber driving to justify uh, that 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 rent. <laughs> you know, it's got to be paying its rent. Um, considering that Hertz ordered 100,000 by the end of 2021, an increase in Uber's fleet to 150,000 could potentially result in a total order of 200,000 Teslas. However, it, uh, as the time frame is three years, then it would maybe be an additional 50,000 in 2023 and 50,000 more for 2024. Now, I, I just want to say, I uh, this seems like it's really a good deal for Uber. <laughs> To be able to level up their um, their their fleet, right to to Teslas, and it's a really good opportunity for somebody who maybe doesn't have a car or doesn't have the credit to be able to get a car. But with that said, at almost four hundred dollars, I mean, it's almost going to be like a sixteen hundred dollar expense for you to drive Uber a month. <laughs> That's seems a little on the the crazy side to me um but i'm sure they're gonna have people that are willing to pay for it because there's people who don't drive uber as a side hustle or as a gig you know here and there they're driving it as their everyday uh commuter or everyday you know drive so it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see if if this actually works out i mean in hertz's uh defense for anybody who thinks that this is a terrible idea you know they think they believe that Tesla uh, is going to get their their automation car audit complete uh, driver autonomy going uh, in the near future, you know, quote unquote near future, and they will have robo taxis, which Uber will be competing against. So uh, unless they change their their model, 
Uh, to go along with this, though, uh, this story came up. Why did Hertz choose Tesla over other EVs and pay full price? Well, uh, I believe that the article, yeah, just goes into talking about um, what, like the the fact that Teslas, you know, are going to potentially be automated versus what the other manufacturers are. Um, the just the the charging network that they have. And uh, what was the other? There was like one other key point here. For years, car rental firms. Yeah. So uh, if Ertz can take full advantage of Tesla's features, it could offer a superlatively seamless service. A Tesla could drive itself directly to baggage claim with the AC already on and the seats already adjusted to your personal preferences. Unfortunately, the obligatory sales pitch for expensive, unwanted insurance products is sure to remain part of the rental experience. It sounds like Hertz uh, does indeed to take full advantage of the Tesla's autonomy and connectivity features. It will offer a premium and differentiated uh, rental experience for the Tesla EVs. So I, you know, there's, there's, uh, it's a, it's a great opportunity for Hertz. Uh, it seems like Uber is just going to potentially benefit from it. Um, without, you know, unless they're covering some of that cost that I'm not aware of, it, it just seems like a really, that like all, it seems pretty much like all upside to, to Uber. This morning. Oh man. Barclays CEO, Je- I guess it's Jess Staley, uh, quits after Jeffrey Epstein probe. This uh, this was me making pretty, pretty big headlines here. Uh, Barclays CEO, CEO Jess Staley will stand down following an investigation into the relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, CSV, CS also known as Venkat. Okay, there you go. Currently head of global markets. At, uh, at Barclays is set to take over as chief executive uh, with immediate effect. The bank said the investigation had not found that Staley, quote, saw or was aware of any of Mr. Epstein's alleged charges or crimes. This, to me, is kind of insane. It, it Like, you... You... I, I don't understand. I don't. I don't quite understand it. I mean, if you did nothing wrong, if you stand by your story and there's no reason for anything to come up otherwise, I don't. I don't understand how this is. This is a thing. I also kind of curious as to how it took this long for this to come up. It's not like Jeffrey Epstein. The the whole thing just you know melt you know, happened yesterday. It's what was that 2019? So it's taken two years to get to this point. Um, and makes me think that, yeah, you know, oh yeah, he didn't quote see or was aware of anything, la di da, whatever. But um, it tends to make me think that, you know, maybe he, uh, maybe he did, <laughs> maybe he did, and maybe he's very worried that there's information out there, uh, other otherwise for other than him saying. I didn't see nothing. This is just, you know, ridiculous or or whatever. 
So uh, yeah, not a good not a good look, and uh, we'll be we'll be keeping track of this going forward for sure. As much as they give information out about it, we're still waiting on Ghislaine Matt, or I'm still waiting on Ghislaine Maxwell to to testify before uh, she winds up, you know, not being able to. Let's see. Investors buy oil on inflation fears, pushing the prices even higher. The West Texas uh, West Texas West Texas benchmark has run from sixty-two dollars a barrel in August to eighty-five a, a, bar, a barrel now. Uh, so the, basically, this comes down to people are scared that the price is going to go up, so they're buying it, which is pushing the price even further. Uh, which is probably not a good thing. Uh, it's not. It's not helping the situation. Um, to be sure, inflation fears aren't the main driver of the West Texas benchmarks run from sixty-two dollars $62 a barrel in August to eighty-five dollars this week. The Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries has stuck to its plan at to increase production in small increments. A shortage of natural gas has caused some industrial manufacturers to switch to diesel, which is refined from oil. Untangling these inputs is hard, but traders and analysts say that some of the recent oil gains could be explained by inflationary or inflation worries, especially on days with no news about supply that might drive trading by uh, usual uh, by the usual players such as commodities brokers and oil producers. In one uh, in one sign of investors' interest, money has been pouring into funds that buy energy futures and stocks, accelerating just as inflation fears took center stage this fall. These funds have experienced four straight weeks of inf- inflows for the first time since the spring, with last week's seven hundred and fifty-three million dollar. Uh, the highest weekly total in five months, according to data provider EPRFR. So uh, the bets on a $100 barrel of oil, uh, a price last seen seven years ago, surged earlier this summer. This month, investors have put wagers on $200 per barrel. That uh, no, Nobody wants to see that. That's I mean, the only people want to see that is the people taking, you know, bets on it and uh, – that's we we can uh it's not going to be good for for anybody for it to get to that place um i mean i know last week we talked about jim cramer uh talking about being at oil peak and the hope is that you know we are and at 80 i think where, where was i checked this morning i think it was like 85 or something to that effect uh this morning if i let me see if i can pull it up here uh crude oil yeah, so crude oil at eighty four seventy, um, but if you go back five years, you know it's it's roughly run in the fifties. You know, in, in this mar- or, you know, I don't want to say it was at fifty, but it's it's operated around the fifty dollar uh, mark. So it, it is higher than it could be. Um, but oh, this goes back to two thousand. So yeah, in two thousand eight, it hit one hundred and twenty four dollars, and then. It's completely, you know, slid back down. So, I, and I, I, it makes sense to not want to overproduce the oil all at once. Um, you know that that they don't want the price to completely fall out uh, from under itself. Uh, I mean, but you did see here. I mean, leading into the pandemic, it slid uh, down to like eighteen dollars, and here, here we are today. So, I, I, 
I'm hoping that the peak is not far off, uh, and that maybe if we do hit a hundred dollars, that will be that'll be the you know that'll be the end of it, and we'll uh, we'll be able to move move on with it coming back and hopefully not crashing uh, back down. The big story that I haven't talked about yet: Facebook changes company name to Meta, which uh, there's uh, Meta stands for dead in uh, in Hebrew, which apparently people were making uh, making fun of. Facebook on Thursday announced that it has changed its company name to Meta. The name change, which was announced at the Facebook Connect Augmented and Virtual Reality Conference, reflects the company's growing ambitions beyond social media. The rebranding also comes after the company uh, has dealt with a barrage of news reports over the past month, stemming from whistleblower Francis, I will never probably say her name right, Hogan, Hogan, uh, trove uh, of internal documents. So the thing about this is, and, and, and I see a lot of people talk about this on, uh, you know, on social media about how, oh, it's meta and that, you know, I'm never going to call it meta. It's always going to be Facebook. Well, I mean, these people that are saying this probably don't realize that Google changed their name, uh, I don't know, two years ago, a year ago. I think two, two, maybe even three years ago, uh, to Alphabet. So it's actually the company, the parent company is Alphabet. Google is a company of Alphabet. And just like Facebook, instead of everything being under Facebook, will now be everything under Meta. And Facebook is just one of the companies. Now, the reason to do this, I mean, there's a number of reasons to do this, but to be able to get out from under your, um, your company being the being everything right being the owner of instagram and being the owner of um i don't know all the all the different things uh, oculus and oh what else i mean facebook owns a ton of other little companies right ones that we don't see all the the little logos for but uh i you know i i think that it's it's fine (laughs) i think it's kind of funny it makes sense because they're quote you know making creating the meta uh, metaverse and if they're able to uh you know do so we'll see i mean obviously facebook doesn't have a great track record not a huge fan of facebook but i think it you know it makes a lot of sense to to get facebook out from under uh under the weight of that and a restructuring makes sense i mean obviously they're just talking about the name and that's what everyone wants to talk about but uh you know facebook is Facebook's still going to be Facebook. And the other thing is, is uh, I forget who it was that I was listening to talking about, you know, basically Facebook is for like 30 plus year olds, uh, 35 and up year olds. Right. Um, and that's a real problem <laughs> if uh, if if Facebook because Facebook isn't going to be forever, then um, it very much will have a lifespan. And if if that you know, if they're not able to appeal to the younger audience, well, the younger audience will continue to jump to whatever new other platforms there are out there. And Facebook doesn't own those platforms and they're not in control of it. And um, maybe it's them recognizing that, you know, Facebook just isn't that cool of a company uh, for for the uh, younger demographic, and they need to be able to own those other demog- you know, those other companies with it. Now we saw it with Comcast too, right? Comcast changed their name to Xfinity, and Comcast is like the parent company, um, but people still have a Comcastic time when dealing with Comcast for the most part. So 
it's it's still uh it's still one of those things where it doesn't matter what you call it the the experience is probably not going to change just just like facebook and their privacy uh you know issues are not going to change <coughs> oh man so uh shanghai disneyland suspends entry on halloween park goers require to take a rapid illness test to exit shanghai disneyland resort said sunday that to quote to cooperate with the illness investigation in other provinces and cities end quote it was suspending entry to shanghai disneyland and disney town while outdoor entertainment would continue uh, visitors would need to take a vi- uh, virus test upon exiting and another test after 24 hours, uh, the resort operator said. The resort is closed on Monday and Tuesday, and visitors can request to refund uh, a refund for tickets. Now, I wanted to pull up this video uh, showing the um, people working in, in ha- like hazmat suits uh, right under the the fireworks that the park decided that they were going to run uh, to help comfort kids and parents who were stuck uh, in in the park during that time. Um, they were not able to leave until they could r- produce a negative test. And with uh, and this actually doesn't say, it, which is kind of funny because you know obviously NBC it owns or Comcast. Universal, all one company. Uh, oh, here you go. Yeah. So as of 8 a.m. on Monday, uh, 33,863 uh, people had tested negative, and the municipal government said with no new positive cases for Sunday in the city. Uh, so apparently, one person tested positive, and from I couldn't find it here, but that person apparently was in the park the day before uh, and and threw a, neg- uh, a, a positive test. So all those people that were there didn't actually um, they, they weren't actually there when the person that threw the positive test uh, was there. And the, to me, it, it kind of gets into like a, a weird space uh, because like the people that that one person that was positive came in contact with, isn't going to throw a positive test that soon after they've come in contact with that person anyway. It also says a lot to me about how contract tracing apparently went out the window because they are just taking such a strong-armed approach at like, well, everyone just got to stay here. Nobody gets to go home until everybody throws a, a negative test. But the fact of the matter is, is anybody that came in contact with those people isn't going to throw a positive test anyway. Uh, unless they just happen to be positive from days before. So I, I don't see how any of this really makes sense. And I'm very pro, like, I'm not an anti-mask person. I'm a pro-mask person, pro-vaccination, you know, vaccination, all that. But it just, you know, I also don't understand what the logic at that point. You're trying to squash something that, you know, we have contact tracing for. And, and I would think that they would have better contract tracing uh, there and makes me wonder why don't we have better t- contact tracing in general at places like parks, uh, like like in the Disney's of the world. But so it is. So anyway, and so it is. This this, this is uh, this has been the entrepreneurs for November, uh, November, uh, November first. It's November first. Yes, 
Uh, and it's been so much fun. So many stories to pick up from from Friday through the weekend and this morning as well. Thank you all for joining me, and I will see you tomorrow for the Entrepreneurs. Take care, everyone.